Welcome to OA50, where we'll master mediocrity and find meaning in the dictionary and fight for the respect of dad jokes. Here we go. All right, so good morning. I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but it's morning when I'm recording this. That's the hat. I haven't even showered. I haven't even had a full cup of Joe, but uh, kids and wife went to the Y. Oh my gosh, she's so good about working out lately. I had surgery last week. That's my excuse. Uh, and I haven't been able to get back in the gym, but I miss it, man. Pump it up when I'm in the gym, hit it regularly. It's a good feeling. Helps out the body. Physically, physically, you know, the appearance a little bit better. Also mentally, like if I'm in the gym regularly, just feel a lot better upstairs, but I had surgery last week. Still on the men. Need some coffee. But I uh, felt inspired to get down here. And in fact, I was actually down here messing with the audio and video equipment, trying to figure it out because um, I've been going back and forth and the lighting just kind of gets weird in here. And since I'm doing this, this box thing, right, since I'm going video, um, thought I would pay a little bit more attention to that, but I'm not making any improvements. So whatever, I'm going to take a swig. I need it. And if you're listening, you'll need it too. Oh, God, that's so, mm, mm, so good. So good. Just feel it coursing through my veins. That my choice, I'd bypass coffee. I would go straight to whatever is coursing through the veins of my son and daughter. Their energy, oh, Dude, next level. I mean, God's envious. God looks at that and he's like, whoo, put a little bit too much octane in that one. Speaking of God, I've been thinking about for a while now doing an episode or series on God and religion. So while I'm not fresh in the mind, why not do it now? Um, at least establish a primer on what that series is going to look like so that the one or two listeners out there, which would be my mom and wife, um, if you can, you can decide whether or not it'd be worth listening to. Otherwise I'm just going to kind of spit out some thoughts and uh, hopefully through the series interview some people and really do some exploration into my own beliefs, faith, which is a very curious word, faith, confidence, things that describe where we have gaps in evidence. That's, that's, that's where it gets a little tricky for me. It's not a bad thing. 
And I actually have some thoughts about that, particularly with feelings like love uh, that I think fit into that paradigm. But uh, I want to talk about it a little bit. And I'm hoping that anybody who actually does listen to this, think about your faith. Think about your beliefs. Don't suspend your good, rational mind or hope and good feelings. Because my thought is, if God exists in any form, whether it's of the, it's the Christian deity, multiple gods, we were given a rational brain to use it. Use it. Think about it. You have a question? Don't, by the way, my... <clears throat> Nose is a little stopped up. It is first thing in the morning. Um, you have a rational brain and a doubt, a doubt arises. Don't push it away. Embrace it. Think about it. Really think about it. Meditate on it. Marinate in it. Backstrokes, whatever. Because I did that. And to be candid, those doubts can become cumulative and they can spiral. And I remember in my early 30s, I just, I went from being a fairly placid Christian from history to starting to make that exploration. And I, I didn't go atheist, but I didn't go agnostic. I wasn't interested. I, I became apathetic. I was like, look, there's a God, then we need some help down here because what we're getting is clearly not enough direction or the minds and biology that you've, imbued with us to make some good decisions and even better establish any cohesion around singular tenets that we can all come together on. I mean, you look at the Christian faith and the, the fissures within it and its community, it's, it's troubling. It's a troubling thing to say, all right, we, have at least some central belief in the deity, the aspect of the deity, but get so caught up in the periphia stuff that now we've got all these denominations that will reach a point where they'll point fingers and draw distinctions. And it I don't think that's the I don't think that's a spot where we were intended to land. And Quite frankly, where I wanted to go today to establish, to kind of prime where I am on my journey is, um, is to talk a little bit about the, I think some of questions that have underpinned uh, my agnostic perspective but also at the same time, be very clear that 
and I don't know if this is through cultural grooming or divine intervention, but I do tend to lean towards a Christian perspective. I also have hope that that's the, that that's our reality. Um, although I don't align with, with some of what I read in the new Testament and a lot of what I read in the old Testament, thematically there's something about it that makes sense to me and that I can relate to. I'll also give a nod to the Christian community. When you see those who really practice the faith and distill their lives down to just the golden rule, nothing else. They don't get caught up in the rest of the crap, but just the golden rule doing, doing to others as you would have them doing to you. I think typically I see this common thread of just this joy, this love, and love's, love's a concept I want to talk a lot about. This love that is really beautiful. Um, I went on a camping trip. Jeez, man, it was it's almost a year, a year ago, with a uh, church here locally. And um, I've never camped. Look, I'm a mama's boy. Like hotels, yeah. Spas. And it's not that I don't have that masculine engine in there somewhere, right? Just collecting dust. So I decided, look, man, I'm going to knock, knock off some of that dust, fire it up, let it cough some smoke. And I couldn't have picked a better crew to do it with. Um, so we have to hike in. And one of my neighbors, he's with uh, a group that runs some of the games there. And <clears throat> so we had a fireside chat the first night. And most of the folks there knew each other. Nobody knew me other than my neighbor, poor guy. And um, and so in the fireside chat, we were to give a little bit of background. Hold on, coffee. So then it got to me. Coffee's kicking in. I'm feeling better. So it got to me. And um, I I said two things. One, I've never been camping before. So this is my first time. And two, I'm an agnostic at a Christian camping event. And the way that group reacted and embraced it, and maybe it was part of it was my delivery. I was very humble about it. I wasn't like, hey, I'm an agnostic. You guys are stupid. It wasn't like that at all. I gave a lot of color around it to give my background about being raised a Christian and some of my struggles with belief and doubt. And um, that whole crew, the whole community there, and there were thousands of dudes here, man. It was off the hook. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. They were so embracing. Got a stranger walking into their house and saying, I don't really understand your rules. And um, so cool about it. I would be walking back from an event. Somebody pulled me aside and talked to me about my experience or share theirs. And it was great. 
Um, and even though that I didn't walk away from that event with um, anything other than feeling a lot more masculine, because I camped for three days, smelled like smoke, just the masculine dirt that I can't think of a good analogy. It's too early. Anyway, a lot better. I felt like it just grew muscles laying in dirt. But um, even though it didn't strengthen or have any revelatory moments with God, I think it was a um, it was a tremendous showing by the community to show what they're about. And that's a lot. Listen to happiness switch, talk about connectivity and community. And what a feel-good moment all throughout it. It was a great experience. And actually, I attend the church. I go with my wife, who's, I'll talk about her journey a little bit. If I can, I'm going to ask her first. I can share that. But if I can, because it's a, it really folds into mine. And, um, but so the, there, when I think about the Christian community, there's a lot that I can align with in the faith community. And, uh, there's a lot to like, and there's a lot that I dislike. I think if you listen to Sam Harris and some of the points he makes around organized religion, listen to it. Even if you're a devout believer in something, I think Sam raises a lot to think about. And he's got a great app called the wake up app. But I've, I've studied different religions, practiced different philosophies and done more thinking about this than I need to. But ultimately here's what happens. Whether you're Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, an atheist, an agnostic, we all end up in the same spot. We don't know. Nobody knows for certain. And you can have people jump up and down on stage and say, I know, I know, I know. No, you don't know. You just got very strong, energetic faith. Because if you knew and you had indisputable evidence and could meet the standard of evidence and proof that we normally require of such big questions, then you'd have your own religion. And you could invariably convince the entire planet. But nobody's there. No one. I mean, they say there are two certainties in life, death and taxes. There are three understanding what happens after death and religion, faith. That's scary. It's scary that we have brilliant minds out there, theologians, apologists, folks like Sam Harris. I've watched these debates and they're so freaking impressive. They all make excellent points. I mean, the, the, 
Christian apologists that I've seen these days, the way they weave science and secular perspective into the, the Christian tenets, it's really remarkable. It's impressive. And to make sense of that, where there have been some gaps in the past where everybody else would just thump the Bible, they're not doing that. And, uh, and then you watch agnostics or atheists like of the Sam Harris caliber. And I don't know if there are any others who are really of the Sam Harris caliber. And I've, I've watched like the four horsemen and I've, I've seen others and he is, that dude is next level. Here's what I like about him too, is although he is largely perceived, I think by the community as being an atheist, you listen to that guy. I don't think he's an atheist. He's got a lot of love. I think this guy is an agnostic who says, look, you give me the proof and you got my attention. But right now I don't have the proof, but what I am seeing is organized religion is doing more harm than good. And that's scary. And when he thinks about his family and the powers of the rational mind, he's like, I've got enough up here to make sense of what's good and bad. I don't need the guise of religion to make sense of that, particularly when the offspring of that religion is more, is more bad than it is good. And, but I would really characterize him as an agnostic because I think if you laid the evidence in front of him to say one way or the other, and he concluded you're right, he's going to go with it. Like the guy's not there to fight it. He's just there to digest it. And I think use science and it's purest sense to make sense of it because that's all we've got is our mind is our consciousness. And so, but you take him, you, you take apologetics and the, you end up at the same spot. He doesn't know. So he says, all right, I just got my mind. Consciousness, which I think he's still trying to figure out what that is. Is it a purely a biological mechanism or is there more to it? And those who believe, ultimately, you, you have hours and hours of debate and then they get to the end and it's all about either faith or reason. And the reason doesn't get you far enough. And the, the faith is faith. It's faith, which some would call hope. Others would call it something much more intimate and uh, with, a, with better assurance than just hope. Um, and I'm not, this is not designed to debate any of that spectrum. In fact, it is to acknowledge where, where it is and discover whether there is an easier path to just getting an answer. And the answer may not be that it points to any new evidence, but the answer may simply be that we're paying attention to red herrings. We're so caught up in 
the minutia of all this stuff. And God's back there going, Jesus. And when he says that, he's talking to his son. And then he goes, oh, yeah? What's up, dad? It's a dad joke. It really is a dad joke. Ha, funny. This early in the morning, too. Just looking down and being like, why are these dudes thinking about all this and all that and all that? When my message is just simply, I am a God of love. And all you have to do is follow one rule. It's, and it's golden. And immerse yourself in love. Love each other. Explore love, community, connectivity. And I was thinking about this the other night. Because when you think about true love moments, whether you're in high school and it's your first love, you have your first kid, it's your parents and that comfort of love. There is it like faith is a feeling and there's no evidence show what it is, but it's palpable and it is a channel to something of our fabric that is very, very unique. And that love takes so many different shapes and sizes. Like my dog, I'm petting her the other night. Just, I'm watching her, just feel it. It just, so great. I'm empathic. I'm a touchy-feely guy. So as a Pisces, I may have more of that than others. But if you if you unshackle yourself from, from really the armor of our, our cultural like, lens of what's important, like technology and all the stuff we acquire, if you can unshackle from all that and just be raw, it's cool. It's nice. But maybe it's that, maybe it's that simple. God says, look, man, you concentrate on love. You build a community around love and explore what love really means unconditionally. And in the meantime, you don't breach that golden rule and you will find me. You will understand me. Because I also think that when you, and I'm going to explore those, but when you ask folks, what is God? What is God? You know, kids were traditionally groomed to think he, it's a he up in the sky, white beard, kind of looks like Zeus, can shoot lightning from a fingertip. But Remember, we've got a rational brain, whether you like it or not, it thinks from a scientific perspective through our five senses, which are both a liberator, they are a path, but also a constraint. And I don't know that God is really that way. I don't know that if we cross the line to heaven today and saw God, and I don't know that we'll ever actually see God, but 
experience God, that it's going to be in some fashion that we really understand. I don't know that it matters. I don't know that we have to get there. And quite frankly, I think if I recall correctly, there's stuff in the Bible that basically says, I think Moses was the only one who saw God, maybe in the form of a fire. But he'd probably say, look, you're not going to understand me anyway. So you have some faculty to make connection with me and to get to heaven. And it's very simple. Say it's like love or following that golden rule. And all the other stuff doesn't really matter. And you can debate that. If you get too caught up in it, you're going to lose that golden rule. And because where I've struggled in the path, the, the past, is that if regardless of the religion, we're given the, this rational mind, and this rational mind, typically when it comes to big questions of things that we haven't experienced, like religion, we demand evidence. We have a standard of proof. And yet for our faith, we suspend that requirement. We say, all right, now I'm just going to go on that good feeling. And maybe that's okay. But I think it creates tension. And for some, I think it's realized. I think for others, they sweep it under the rug. But there, I would, I would guess there's some fragility to their faith that they're not really exploring. And that fissure creates more problems than they know. And if you ask them hard questions about their faith, like go to a Christian and say, all right, if today the entire religion shifted and felt like there was evidence that Jesus was not the son of God and abandoned that concept, are you going to stand for him? Everybody else, your pastor, the entire church says, no, it's not right. We got it wrong. Do you believe still? Is that your belief? Or a chapter of the Bible was excised? Like, say, the four Gospels. They're founded. There's some irrefutable evidence that they're fake. Where does that leave you? And so when you say that faith is the cornerstone of that relationship, what does that really mean? And so that's where I'm going to be on the journey. Um, I'd mentioned in a previous episode that I hope I can have some interviews. I'd love for it to be on the podcast so that it's not just this, this guy and these walls, but um, so that's my hope. And uh, whether it is uh, leadership from different religions and churches uh, to folks in the community, just to really discuss these concepts. And, uh, but it, it will be a series. I don't know where it's going to end. Maybe the same spot we are right now. Um, I don't report to have any magic that I can offer on the subject, but I do think about it a lot. But, and what I can also say is I'm very open-minded and I will say this, if, if God in whatever form um, and whatever 
premise exists and has a path for me, hands up, I'm all in. I'm all in. And my intentions are good. And uh, if I do get interviews, it's not to challenge perspective. It is actually to understand perspective. But uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting series. Uh, I tend to get in some deep discussions about this anytime that somebody wants to engage. And I'm not without... So somebody's like trying to come on my property. Anyway, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun, interesting, engaging. And so I invite you on the journey. If you're not interested, I would, I would not watch. As, uh, uh, what may be a good idea too is think about that. Think about where you are in your journey Think about whether or not you have any residual doubts. Write them down. Think about what those are and your relationship. And don't think about it from a, I think, a, a sense of, of just um, don't be narrow in your thinking. Be expansive. There is nothing wrong with you challenging your faith. It is great. I, I would assure you that your God, no matter who it is, wants you to use your brain and your heart to fully explore that because the reality of it is, is that you should end up in a better spot if you do that. Because no it doesn't matter the challenge that you would throw at your God. Your God's going to say, come on, man. Give it to me. Boop. Out of the park again. Keep swinging all day. Like, don't worry about that. Do it for yourself. And do it for others. Particularly if you evangelize, if you proselytize, if that's part of your experience. Better have those questions nailed down, particularly if you come knocking on my door. I've had metaphors and stuff thrown at me, and I'm like, hey, we're not talking about building a, a imaginary brick house where some where something's a foundation. I'll, no, this is real-life stuff. We're going to talk in very real principles, and if you can't do that, we're not having a discussion. It's not to be rude, but we have to speak the same language. Uh, but we'll also talk about the parables with uh, Jesus. I think that they are for good reason and um, something very, very interesting to explore, particularly with our mind. I'm not saying parables and metaphors don't have their place. I think they do. Um, because, again, we have paths and enablers like our senses, but they also serve as constraints. We have to appreciate that. So this is going to be a fun series. I hope you stick around. Look for it. See you later. Bye.